and rather than me spending the next week worrying about maybe not some speech you used that wasn't quite appropriate or mistakes you've made or doubts that you have because on that level it's endless there's, there's always so many things to worry about uh, in this world the conditioned realm is a place to worry and moral precepts oftentimes can make us worry if we if we go about morality in a in a an attached way and we we're hung up on morality and trying to perfect moral precepts from the egotistical position then then the somehow you never feel quite clean enough no matter how meticulous you try to be with keeping all the moral precepts uh, because the ego is still very much involved with morality you know the holier than thou or the trying to purify your personality is an absolutely hopeless task because personalities are not you know are, are not pure now as a person as a personality there's no way you're ever going to be satisfied and really feel content with with purity because your tendency is always doubt to ever to see that you're not good enough or you you've got all kinds of flaws and weaknesses and weak spots and and uh, and we we tend to be quite self-critical and uh, dwell a lot on on uh, you know make a big deal out of any flaws and weaknesses we have so then the idea like the the, the new age kind of philosophies of just uh, no, the morals aren't necessary just follow your heart do whatever you feel like which sounds very nice but there's a part of us that that uh, you know you lose self-respect if you just do what follow every impulse and and just live life in a, an impulsive way following desires at least uh, that's my experience you end up feeling a lot of uh, self-hatred because you can kind of rationalize the fact you don't need to be moral and you can make a good case for amorality but but uh, and then one can justify that in so many ways but as an experience what is it like to be immoral or amoral what what is it what is the result of it and uh, so I found the result I didn't like when I pursued that way. But then training in the monastic life, where you've got very high standard, you know, all these vinaya rules and and a little kind of training rules and things that you know don't seem terribly important, um, uh, but. Uh, that you're supposed to keep all, you know, obey and kind of 
go accordingly to these rules and then one can feel uh, kind of suffocated by by the vinaya. <clears throat> so I remember in a training in Thailand they they used to read the vinaya every morning and, and Watpa poem and and uh, is and I found it you know I found some days I just uh, some mornings I just feel like I was being suffocated with all these rules and they all seem to but he, some of the monks seem to be so utterly obsessed and fascinated by the most seemingly unessential, unimportant details. And I felt so threatened by that. I felt so averse. And I thought, am I, I going to live with these guys the rest of my life? You know, endlessly kind of making problems about Whether you can have salt on in your food or not, <laughs> or whatever. So, so these uh, these things are kind of you know for me and my my nature. I'm not I'm not particularly uh, my character is not a fussy detailed kind of character. I, uh, I'm I'm a big person and the mind tends to expand uh, into into universals and and that feels very annoyed and irritated at the picky kind of details and then other monks minds are, are really they get really enthused about the picky details and they find my expansiveness and my vision really irritating because it seems so you know, so kind of idealistic and kind of fuzzy, where you can kind of sharpen the mind with the with the little details, and then the expansive, wide open spaces, like you know, you don't know where you're at, and then there's varying degrees of of characters between these two extremes. I used to have a joke to say it takes at least three Virgos to be able to keep me on the right track. <laughs> um, I'm under the sign of Leo, which is kind of an expansive sign. <clears throat> particular character tendencies and, and and this is like this awareness is we're not we're not uh, promoting one character above another but getting to recognize that that character is a condition it's not a it's not a it's not what one is one isn't one's character the character tendencies that, uh, that we have are like vipaka karma and that but it's not it's not it's not something to 
to uh, grasp and identify with. So we're trying to put it in a perspective where we begin to uh, recognize these, what 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 our characters are, without which is not a a judgment but a, a recognition like this. The uh, establishing this awareness, uh, and I've been talking a lot about this, because there is a lot of, there's so many opinions around, you know, grounding yourself or, or uh, you know, having to develop this before that, and, and uh, getting your samadhi, a strong samadhi, so you can deal with your emotional problems and the, all these these kind of ways of thinking uh, it's not that they're wrong but but they we get attached to them we we, we kind of fix ourselves into a, a, that I'm someone who's spacey and has to ground myself or and and that becomes a kind of um, attachment or that this this fascination for samadhi, uh, this idea that you've got to get your samadhi, is an, uh, it gets to be an obsession. And it's not that it's wrong, but this, but the the uh, the way that we create ourselves endlessly around the conventions and the teachings of the Lord Buddha, which is really uh, a teaching to be able to see through opinions, views, and attachments to those opinions and views. Well then they say, well at first I have to get my samadhi before I can detach. Or uh, they get people, you know, various doubts and various attitudes about what you have to do in order before you can do something else. But in yeah, but in con- reflecting on what we can do in the present, even if we have rotten samadhi, and we're we're all we're caught in all kinds of of uh, you know emotional storms and 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 uh, despair and so forth about our practice. If you if you learn to trust this awakening, just recognizing it's like this, like you, the the attachment to the view that you're that you've got to ground yourself, just to start from the basis of of what the the kind of uh, opinions, views, attachments that you have. Now you're going to say that you shouldn't have these views, and opinions, but I'm not saying that. Just recognize how we um, attach to those views and opinions. So if you begin to trust in just a, a, an attentiveness uh, and then they bringing the attention like being, being uh, uh, developing awareness like uh, the breath, the body, the here and now, the sound of silence, 
the state of mind, just just learning to to center yourself in the present, just listening, just recognizing the body, the posture of the body, the sensations in the body, the the breath, the mood, the silence, and this, this uh, trust in that uh, as a way of practice, and and uh, not become attached to the idea that you should do it. Ajahn Samantha said we should always center ourselves in the present. We should first of all we should look at the body. Bodies like this, the breath, yes, the breath, breath, yes, they have a little pad, you know, keep the, keep it right in front of you so you can remember the sequence. Learning to 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 to, uh, to relax, to surrender, to to not be in putting yourself into this state of tension. Or if you if you are going to be tense, really be tense, mindful of what you're doing when you're tense. You know, if you want to really. Uh, be obsessive and compulsive, then do it with full intention and see the result, you know. So, so if you, if you tend towards kind of compulsiveness and, and willful acts and all, all kinds of, of, uh, you know, forceful attitudes about practice, then do it with full intention, like really, I'm gonna, make myself practice really hard today and get my samadhi no matter what. And, and contemplate the results of, of just willful uh, self-promotion of, of, uh, of just, uh, just following these obsessions, thinking that unless you're really working hard, you know, you've got to work really hard, you've really got to make it, you've got to prove yourself, that kind of thing, then do it with full intention, listen to, to that kind of, those kind of attitudes, what are they, do they bring peace or does it, do you have a good result from, from doing it that way? So you're, you're kind of contemplating, uh, you're not just saying, Ajahn Sumedho thinks we should all be kind of relaxed and easy. <laughs> and then so you, you sit there, you try with, with all your obsessive drives and relax, damn it, relax. <laughs> so we can even uh, willfully uh, try to relax because uh, you've heard me say that's, that's the right thing to do. You have to be mindful of what you're doing. So if you if you are doing something, you know, like 
like like thinking and and then deliberately think rather than just try to stop thinking and then wander off really start thinking you know with full intention I'm going to think right now during this session I'm going to spend the whole hour thinking and then go to it with full force think 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 and see the result so you're, at least you're being mindful of what you're doing in the present. But it's this, this kind of fuzziness that, uh, uh, well, I think I should do the Anapanasati or the, the sweeping practice or sound of silence or, or, I don't know, what should I do? <laughs> and, and then if you, if you're going to be a real, a fuzzy person, then intentionally be fuzzy. Just never be sure of anything, but with full awareness of it, so that you can you can see the result of that. You're not just getting lost in these moods, uh, and then wondering why you, you don't get anywhere in your practice, because you you kind of understand the words that I say, but. <clears throat> but you and being mindful in the present then becomes something special, you know. And that the the the, the tension then then uh, then when we we are when we don't kind of live up to the to the to the ideal interpretation you have, then we feel uh, kind of irritated or bored or fed up with meditation. ourselves more, you're looking uh, inward now, you know, you begin to, to uh, feel a sense of, of uh, calm, but you're not trying to, uh, as, you, as you stop kind of stirring your mind up all the time, with heedless activities, then, then you, uh, and, and habits, you will, eventually the mind will, will reach its natural state of calm, as the, the mind itself is pure, and still, and bright. So it's, it's not like bright in the sense of, uh, 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 you know, a, a light flashes on, so, but you, you know, just consciousness itself, through the conscious, you know, you have this sense of, of clarity, mental clarity, and uh, stillness. And this mental clarity then is reflective. You can see even confusion, or fogginess, or dullness. You can, you get, it's a reflective ability to even see things that are not clear and that are all mixed up 
man seem in, in, in amorphous shapes and confusing patterns and madness and silliness and nonsense. So in, uh, in, in when we uh, say when we're in the, when we trust in our ability to pay attention, to listen, to put ourselves in that awareness, in the state of awareness. Attention. It's like just paying attention. And a kind of waiting, you know, you're not paying attention to anything in particular at first, it's just, it's just attention. And so you just, you stop there because you're having attention and you stop. <laughs> then to to reflect on things that are going on in the present, so like the the body is now. So what is what is the body like right now? And the breath and so forth. So these are you know you you're stopping. You 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 just say you just. Deliberately put it, being attentive, like you just, just that little bit of, just enough to put yourself in a state of attention. Doesn't take very much. Just like you're listening, you're waiting for somebody to talk. You're kind of just in this state of, uh, like a, a pause. The thinking mind is thought, and it's just in this state of attention. You can hear the sound of silence, kind of this ringing sound, cosmic sound. And then, 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 then remember, like the body, investigate the body's now. You're not investigating the body in some abstract way, in some, you know, about ideal bodies and things like that, but just the experience of a physical body in the present is like this. So you start noticing, you know, kind of sensations, pressure where you're, where you're sitting, where your body's touching the, the mat, it's pressure, isn't it? And uh, clothes touching the skin. Or you can feel maybe your internal organs, or heart pumping, or whatever, just uh, whatever the what the body is doing, whatever you can is uh, be, uh, conscious. That's all. You know, you know. That's all. That's that's good enough because the aim is not in the in the details of it, but in the in the awareness, learning to to have confidence, develop confidence entrusting yourself to in this state of attentive awareness. Then uh, the breath, the sound, sound of silence. And then you can pick up a lot of kind of restless feelings or because emotionally we we can react to it. We can 
We can, we can get bored with it. We can think, is this it? Is this all there is? Because uh, emotions are oftentimes, we're expecting something fantastic. So your desires are always going to, are being disappointed with the, with the state of awareness. Because it's not fantastic. Well, when you think of something like enlightenment, you think, oh, enlightenment's absolutely fantastic. Nirvana, that's, oh, nirvana, absolutely fantastic. You know, I want to go to nirvana, absolutely fantastic. And, uh, and have you know anybody that's ever realized nirvana? And, uh, and then we, we want to think, what do they look like? And they have kind of, they probably have lights shooting out of their heads and, and, uh, and they, maybe they have a kind of aura, a radiant, what kind of aura do they have? And a white light coming out of all their pores and, And so you, you know, you, you, you have to, because that's fantastic, isn't it? Those kind of images, like Buddha Rupa is fantastic. <laughs> you see, maybe we're giving you that suggestion that a flame shoots out the top of your head. <laughs> So ordinary awareness doesn't, you know, emotionally, is not emotionally satisfying because your emotions are conditioned out of ignorance. Your emotional habits, that is, are, they're, they're conditioned out of ignorance, out of not understanding Dhamma. So that's why when you, when you get caught up in your emotions, you get, you gotta get thrown around by that and, and, uh, and they're very convincing, as you well know, one's emotions. So it's easy to to uh, believe them, or to try to just get rid of them. You don't want to be bothered with that stuff. It's a nuisance. You'd like to just, you know, turn your back on it and make it go away. But in, in attention allows the emotions to be what they are, not trying to to uh, get rid of them, but to put them in the perspective of reality rather than, than you know, just be caught in um, indulging or suppressing them. But as you establish mindfulness in, in, in this awareness, and you can develop uh, samatha, refining into tranquil, more tranquil uh, state through anapanasati. But you don't really need to go that far if you trust, already trust in just the ability to pay attention in the present. I know I don't particularly like to be tranquil because I find I find the present moment as is I'm contented with that with this moment as is I've developed a sense of contentment and 
and and acceptance and being at ease with the moment rather than uh, trying to improve on it. And this I trust more because I, I see that that uh, that wanting to become tranquil is is uh, well, I used to want that a lot, but then uh, I began to recognize that the more tranquil I became, the more kind of irritated I felt with the, with the ordinary world. Where this awareness, pure attention, or they call it bare attention, or you can call it pure attention, or you can call it ordinary awareness, Mindfulness, intuitive awareness, uh, and uh, as Mahayana goes on, Prajnaparamita, Mahamudra, primordial awareness, uh, and they get a little more kind of, they sound a little more interesting. Like, like Mahamudra sounds a little like he really got something rather than bear attention doesn't sound, you know, like bear attention or there's this book called Naked Awareness Naked Awareness with naked is all Just, just going through the, the possibilities of, of naming it, but it's not no matter what you name it. It's like this. So you get to know a, the reality of it, rather than than uh, than make a fuss about what you're going to call it, and learn to uh, in, and develop a, a, a sense of trust in it. Now, trusting it, you need to to really you know take an interest in it. To see whether it works for you, I mean, you know whether well, maybe I'm just uh, don't know what I'm talking about. It's up to you to prove whether I'm right or not. If you want, <laughs> I'm not asking you to believe me. You can, you know, if you find a better way, then tell me. Then, then this, uh, but this. This way then uh, makes the present moment, allows the present moment to, to uh, when one, one begins to relax into the present, through the sense of being at ease and contentment. And contentment is a real treasure in, in this realm because the, this realm we live in is, is such a kind of irritating restless place as it is, isn't it? And there's this sense realm. It's just so, so much aggravation going on. It's nobody's fault. You can't blame it on anybody. It's just the way it is. So many irritations. It's this kind of irritating our senses all the time. Something kind of irritating our, our eyes and ears and nose and tongue and body and mind just this sense of being agitated or irritated because this sense realm is like this. It's an irritation. It's irritable. 
And it, you can't blame it on anybody. Nobody's fault. It's not your fault. The way it is. So we're, we're in this state of, of this kind of, kind of ongoing relentless irritation that we're trying to get away from. So it's like Vipa Wadanha is always trying to, I want to be irritated. I want to be peaceful. I want, uh, or then we go into the extent of real, you know, extreme excitement where, which we get, is absorbed into exciting things because as the irritation increases, like excitement is really irritating, but it's absorbing. Like exciting things, you, you get absorbed into anything that's exciting very quickly. You know, so, like, like sports and things like that, they're very exciting, aren't they? Football is exciting. Or boxing. Uh, sex is exciting. These, these are, you know, they're all excite the mind. You absorb, your attention absorbs very quickly into them, so that, and, and that, uh, and, and you kind of get, get kind of, uh, you know, in, you, you forget all your problems and and boredom and despair of life when you get excited by something, something that you can easily get absorbed into. So, so that's why, like, pop entertainment and mass media appeal to that, the lower levels of human, uh, of our humanity, where we, like, sex and violence are the and the things that sell the best, you know, because because those are very exciting uh, conditions. But then you can't stay absorbed in them, and then you, they, you know, then it's it's not not a, you know, they just one becomes more or less addicted. You you depend on on the get endless kind of distractions and excitements. And you and you just never develop. You get you get depressed because you just it's hard to keep it going at an increasingly exciting rate. You know, so it's it's just you begin to burn out from it. It's not a sustainable state that that you can depend on. And then you kind of sink lower and lower because the. The level of excitement depends on on even more, like doing more kind of violent things, and uh, until you know he runs really in the in the hell realms. So, the ordinary awareness, you know, if you're going into refinements, that's certainly better. Trying to uplift the mind a bit into more refined states. So developing kind of good taste and a refined uh, taste in in intellectual endeavors and in in uh, art and aesthetics and that that kind of raises you up, uplifts the the, the consciousness. But that also has its uh, as an end in itself. It makes us too you know too refined. We become kind of precious and, and, and easily, you know, the more refined we become, the more attachment we have to refinement, then, then we, 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 we get upset by, 
by ordinariness we find just the ordinariness of life just so depressing and boring so we have to live in a kind of control realm of, of aesthetic refinement but in this state of awareness that, that I'm uh, that I talk about it, it accepts you know it's, a, it's an embracing state so so it includes the, the hell realms and the heavenly realms the refinement the the, the coarseness uh, the extremities and the and, and so in this way you whatever you're you're having whatever is happening to you you have a you have a perspective on it coarse refined good or bad pleasant or painful you have a way of, of learning from from what the, from the conditions that you're experiencing And to and to develop wisdom, so that you're you're not you're not caught in in any of the conditions. You're not attached. You begin. You you see the suffering of attachment, the dukkha that comes through attachment, and so you 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 know better. You have you have wisdom, insight, to let go of the extra of, of conditioned phenomena. So condition phenomena still comes and goes and operates, but your relationship to it has changed from identity uh, and attachment and habit and going up and down and all over the place with the movement of the conditions to a stillness uh, uh, and an expansiveness. It's like the still point we think of a still point as one tiny little point, and yet it has no dimensions. It's like that's what an intuitive moment is, isn't it? It's like a like a still point without dimensions. Try to imagine that. <laughs> so it's like an embrace. It's a, it's a, like space embraces, like the space here in this temple, isn't it? Space embraces everything. In this temple, inside, and this temple is embraced in the space. Yeah, so, and, and the space doesn't pick or choose. And there's little, uh, little ants crawling, or little nasty little creatures, or whatever. It, uh, the, you know, the the smudges or the dust or the or the the good things or the bad things. The space is not uh, it's not uh, you know selecting, picking and choosing. It embraces the totality. And like the the mind is like that. It, it, once you let go of the conditions, see the value of letting go. Then the mind embraces life. It, it, it includes. There's nothing that doesn't belong. Everything belongs. So, so it's this this uh, 
this realization then is, is, a, is a relief because the, so much of the stress of our lives is always trying to control things trying to get rid of this and hold on to that and trying to avoid that and trying to uh, you know get more of this good stuff and 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 then be upset when 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 you can't keep it and then when the bad stuff starts accumulating you get upset with that and and then you start blaming people and and then you blame yourself and 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 you just struggle endlessly with trying to to make to create to create a world for yourself that fits your ideal so the, this this uh, awareness isn't 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 an ideal it's the reality it's the gate into the deathless into reality so and then the condition phenomena some of it's ideal and some of it's not <laughs> But uh, so you begin to have perspective on what ideals are, rather than just be attached to them. Well, so many, many of us Westerners is that we're very idealistic. You know, our societies are based on ideals. So, like like American society is uh, very idealistic. That you read the the Constitution, Declaration of Independence of the United States, it's, it was based on very high-minded ideals. And so it's, and, and these ideals are beautiful, there's no, not, not in any way uh, dismissing it. But ideals are, you know, if, if that's what we attach to, then we've, we've already kind of set ourselves up for a kind of uh, endless struggle with life because uh, an ideal is very limited and that's not the way things are so how, what are the way things are? one thing, all sankaras are impermanent we get back to that so that's a reflection on the way things are and that includes it. Sankaras, sankaras, means every con all conditions. That means uh, physical. It means universal. It means uh, mental, emotional, instinctual, personal, impersonal, good, bad. Sapay sankara, all conditions. The refined, of course. Impermanent. That's the way it is. That's not an ideal, is it? We have should be permanent. That's an ideal. <laughs> but I mean, good sankaras, the best sankaras should be permanent. That's an ideal. But that's not the way it is. If you're going to, if you're going to attach the idea that all the best sankaras should be permanent.
an ideal and attach to that, but see what the result's like. I'm trying to live by that one. Let's see, you know, if you can manage that one for very long. Or if you don't become a, a cynic. Yeah. All the best sankars should be permanent, but they're not. <laughs> and so, we're, we're, we're contemplating the way it is, rather than the way it should be, according to what we want or, or think. The Pitama Anatta, all the Dhamma, all Dhammas are, you can't find a sense of yourself as a separate entity in anything. When you really look at the body, you begin to break down the identity that I am the body. And when you really look at the the Vedana, the feelings, you see, the, the kind of impermanent, relentless changingness of feeling, of perception, of emotion, consciousness. Where, 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 is, where is the real me? In the conditioned realm. And then in the unconditioned realm, you can, you can, you can say, I am the unconditioned, but, but there's no need to say that. Because the, the unconditioned doesn't need to be claimed by anybody. Doesn't belong to anybody. It's not mine. Um, doesn't belong to me as a, as a person. There's no need to claim it as an identity. Because when you let go of conditional, there's no need to be anything. You don't, no longer have a need or desire to become or to be somebody or something or be identified. This, the, the need for that is no longer there. So this is uh, this uh, encouragement this retreat goes on and this retreat will even go on beyond the retreats isn't it? And in the practice of mindfulness isn't, isn't relegated to winter's retreat at Amravati but uh, but this is uh, the, the situation here is designed to encourage this kind of reflection and awareness you know, this is the whole kind of, kind of reason. This is the, you know, the conditions here, and we're trying to, to encourage and, and point to, is emphasized over and over again during this winter's retreat. <clears throat> so it is uh, really helpful to people because, you know, then... Because, especially for lay people, if the, when they leave the monastery, then they live in a world that is very much committed to the uh, illusions that come out of ignorance. And so that's very, and and everybody is very convinced that those illusions are re, are the real world. So I mean, it's very, it's very, you know, that that well it has that 
kind of, of impingement to cope with. And even here at Amaravati, we can get so caught up in the, in the little things, problems of communal life and personal conflicts and different opinions that, that we get carried away forgetting what we're here for. Well, at least we're, we're, we're trying to make this emphasis. It's not, not to dismiss the details, but to put them in a perspective. And the personal problems and the, the, the uh, difficulties that arise in any worldly situation. The world is problematic, basically, so problems are natural to it. But, uh, so it's not like there's something wrong if there's problems in the community, but, but to put problems in the perspective of Dhamma rather than then become obsessed with the problem in itself and we lose perspective on it. Then we really suffer from, from all the problems we can create around uh, the things that are happening to us or the, the, the way things are. So I offer this as a reflection for this evening. so we can sit till midnight or walk you can or stand uh, not lie down <laughs> three postures. <laughs> 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 <laughs>